This is a Kitty Pod production. Let's make a deal with Kevin McCarthy will not be seen tonight so that we may bring you another program that will surely rip off the public. From Television City in Hollywood. Hey, man! Welcome to episode number 176 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes, especially with earmuffs. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullitt. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a theta, pussy, imitator, assassinator, baby. I demand the hour to member the power to sweet to be sour. They call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm your friend. That's right, it's me, Smokey Bear. Gosh, what a neat guy. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Baby, baby. And I'm coming to you from Ice Station Zebra. You younger folks can Google that one on your own time. A.K.A. the Rolling Hills of Saratoga County, New York. I'm coming to you on February 3rd, 2023. And it is darn cold out here. At Bullet House. Well, we're nice and toasty warm here. By we, I mean I. But outside, in the rolling hills, ooh boy, it is freezing, man. Cold than a grave digger's knee. Well, what are we going to talk about? I'm going to try and warm up your ear holes by doing a deep dive into accommodations for those of us on the autism spectrum. And some you could pursue while you're ingratiating the workplace. You don't have to ask for them right away. Or you can just wait in your own time. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's get to the social media before I get thrown out in the cold. Become a real uh, podsicle. <laughs> Something fell down anyway. Um, that was upstairs. Anyway, let's get to social media. Uh, you can follow the Instagram at Keep It To Yourself Podcast. There's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. And by the way, I personally rejoin Twitter fool that I can be, but the podcast is not going to be on there anymore. So a partial reunion, despite whatever asshattery and shithousery Elon Musk has going on with the platform. All right, gang, not much to talk about here in the vanity portion of this episode, but I did have something that happened to the father of one J. Michael Bullitt. Now, two weeks ago as I record this, I had the house all to myself. It was a busy time for my dad. Went out to one of my my dad's fiance's relations birthday party. And then the following weekend, there was this Orthodox wedding in Worcester. During which time, my dad had started to slowly develop a bit of a call. I'm like, ah, it's nothing's the time of year for that. So, didn't think much of it at the time. Well, a week ago this Sunday, I had the honor of welcoming him back. However... Things had slowly started to get a bit worse for him. That much I will tell you. And we were watching the AFC Championship game, Kansas City hosting Cincinnati. And previously, my dad's fiance is a former nurse by trade. So he she took his temperature, and it was 97.5. And you're like, okay, well, normal temperature right about there. So just a bad cough. We'll just move on with the rest of the evening. Then later on, she did it again. This time, it was about 100 for the temperature. She He had just broken triple digits. And she made the exact decision to send my dad to an urgent care facility. Well, 
it didn't take them long to get checked in and everything. Like, okay, they'll be home in a few hours. They'll be home in time for the game. Or see the end of it anyway. Well, the game had long ended by the time they came home. In fact, they were there for the better part of six hours. I swear to you. You're, I'm not making any of this up. In fact, they were gone so long, my dad may as well have gone to the hospital. But eventually they came back. It wasn't until about 3 o'clock Eastern time that they came home. And long story short, my dad had gotten a type of pneumonia. Well, it wasn't really bad. It was a touch of pneumonia and mainly bronchitis. And the reason for the long wait was, well, there aren't many people in an urgent care facility on a Sunday night. Several years ago, I had a mild case of pneumonia myself, and thankfully, my dad made the decision to take me to that same urgent care facility. Thankfully, it was a Saturday morning, so a little busier. And I was able to get out of there after about, what, uh, two hours? Man, <laughs> no time's a good time to get sick, especially if a trip to the urgent care facility is called for. But anyway, it took the rest of this week to have my dad get better, so he's just having the little odd bits of cough in there. I thought he was going to have to go in the hospital because I was upstairs working, and I heard him downstairs. He had what I swear was a three-minute coughing spasm. Ooh, it was really bad, but... He's getting slightly better. He's about 85, 90% there. So good news on that whole deal. So on that rather sort of note, we're going to make the hardest of all possible left turns and talk about the main topic of this episode. And that is part two of autism in the workplace, wherein we're going to take a deeper dive into workplace accommodations. So for those of you on the spectrum who end up having jobs, or wind up getting one, or you're looking for one, we're going to see what you need to make or stay at your current workplace or future workplace, strike out that which does not apply, an easier task for you, make it you know, a better boat for everybody, That's what I'm trying to say here. All right, so this is from Reframing Autism, and I managed to save the picture from their LinkedIn page, which I follow, by the way. And it says, organization out of Australia, not that means anything. Might be different verbiage, but who knows. But they had an infograph where they list all the different accommodations you need, like what you would find hard and, well, what you would need to rectify that situation. Well, number one is vague directions and requests. Those of us on the spectrum are all about the details when it comes to things, however arcane or important they may be. So when your boss or your supervisor or whomever doesn't give you specific directions on how to do a certain task while you're at the office or working from home or wherever, there's always has to be an opportunity and you got to take advantage of it to ask, hey, listen, is there any way I could clear this up or you could, I say? Well, number one, clear directions in writing. Tell like, hey, listen, could you write this down? Like, tell me what I'm supposed to do or at least write it down on a piece of paper and give it to me at my desk. Or in my case, working from home, do it over Microsoft Teams for more immediate type feedback. 
A second one is visual aids like diagrams. Now, Microsoft Teams, I don't know if that would work. Yeah, that could probably work out too, just thinking about it. And also opportunities to clarify. Like the, if you're working at an office and you don't have any clue what's being said or what's being asked of you by your boss, your supervisor, you got to take the opportunity like, hey, could you explain what you just told me? Because I'm having a little trouble trying to perform this task and perform too. <laughs> All right, number two is not knowing if you're on the right track. Now, feedback and communication is very important when it comes to working in an office. So the first thing that it needs is acknowledgement that you're doing a good job or if you're doing a bad job and you need improvement in one or more areas. And this second one here is what my dad's been harping on me about. And sometimes he'll ask me, hey, are you doing good at your work? And he wants me to try and check in with my boss and say, well, like, how am I doing? Am I doing good? What am I doing wrong? Is there stuff I need to, you know, uh, improve on? Oddly enough, this is coming on the heels of my little review here. I mean, first time ever. I've only been in the job three months. I'm getting my annual review already. And I was asked to fill it out via email. I had this little PDF form from Adobe Acrobat that I had to fill out. And... After three attempts, I finally did it. You know, my supervisor was like, when it came to filling this out, okay, you missed a few things here. So I had to go back, fill those out, and then like, okay, you missed this. I'm like, all right, here we go. Third time out. I was like, okay, here you go. Have a nice weekend. And we're going to have the one-on-one -on -one discussion about what the employer thinks. It's one thing when you put down what you put down, how you see things. The moment of truth comes when your boss, your supervisor, whomever, tells you, all right, you're doing good in this. Here's what you need to work on as far as, you know, X, Y, and Z. All right, number three, unexpected changes in events. If there's one constant in life, it's change itself. There's no getting away from it. And the workplace, like life itself, is no different. That is for darn sure. So what you need is the reason for changes and next steps and clear, concise communication is going to be key on the part of your boss, your supervisor, or whomever is responsible for communicating the change. You're like, all right, change in schedule or you know what we're going to be doing or one thing or another like that. Those of us on the spectrum do not like it when things get disrupted all of a sudden. You know, you're rolling along pretty good, then all of a sudden, you know, your computer goes kablooey, your workstation becomes a mess, you know, the power goes out. I've had that happen to me, man, and oh boy, it is no fun. I will tell you that right now. Okay, number four, frequent meetings. Now, it's pretty hard because, like I said, there's the whole thing about your uh, routine and meetings will only disrupt it, as formative as it may be. However, it's essential, but if you think it's getting too disruptive or everything like that, what you would need is consideration as to whether it would be necessary to attend this sort of meeting 
or if reading off the minutes would suffice. So mention that if you're still working in an office. Now, the meetings I have as I work from home, and as I said previously, your mileage may vary, even though I actually said it now. Make of that what you will. But back to the lecture at hand. When it comes to these meetings, my experience is, you know, I attend these ones, and I, by attend, I mean log on through Microsoft Teams and have it done online. And the only time I don't attend is if the meeting is canceled. See, changes in events, comma, unexpected. What we talked about just moments ago. Now, we're going to continue on with meetings here. I have meetings of varying lengths on a very frequent basis. First up is my department. This is the micro level. We have a meeting every Friday at 9.30 over Microsoft Teams, and the supervisor, you know, just tell you, all right, here's what's going on with workload, and it's very brief. It's about five minutes on average, and, you know, right back to work. Now, we haven't had one of these in a while. My department has a monthly meeting the last Friday of the month, and that's run by my boss. And same function there, but it takes a little longer too. And every two weeks, also on a Friday, great day for meetings, huh? So every other Friday, the CEO of the company runs a town hall. Now, the company for which I work is based in Quebec, Canada. And as such, the town hall is held in both the province's official languages, French and English. En français at 11 o'clock Rolling Hills time and English at 11.30. I take as much notes as I can off of that one. So if I have anything to speak to my dad about, like, hey, how'd your work day go? I say, well, we had our town hall meeting and then and X, Y, and Z and all that. Well, that's the longest of the meetings we have. Those go for about a half hour or so. Now, that would be a problem to those of us on the spectrum. And one way that could be remedied, or actually two ways that could be remedied, number one, enforce time frames. And I kind of discussed that right there. You know, like five minutes, 10 minutes, 30, depending. Your mileage may vary. And also schedule breaks would be a way to go about things. I really don't need them because, I mean, the meeting's brief enough, I really don't need it. But I might need one myself here, especially with the town halls every two weeks. Okay, well, another one about meetings. How about processing information? Well, there's three ways that could be remedied. Number one, relevant documents provided ahead of discussion. Those would have to be provided online in my case, but I'm sure there'd be handouts and whatnot if you're still working in an office. Also, a clear agenda, too. We don't like it when things are ambiguous, misleading, vague, and whatnot. So having a clear agenda will help everybody out, especially those of us with autism. And also in writing, outcomes and action points distributed in that medium. That would help too. And contributing to discussions also. That's what happens in a meeting, by and large. There'll be options to respond by email or phone call afterwards, if speaking in an actual meeting really doesn't strike your fancy, you have a hard time 
speaking in an open office environment. And of course, there's socializing at work events. I mentioned this recently. It was the uh, this little postponed holiday mixer. And we had that at this place called The Standard. I should have done that in the vanity portion, but I decided to wait till now. I wasn't sure how things were going to go. You know, the boss was there. There were three, four people who were waiting in the bar area of this restaurant. And everybody else was in the back room waiting for us. I'm like, is everybody else going to come? I'm like, well, we came eventually and had a wonderful time. Got to meet my coworkers in person. And people in my work other than my boss. So there's that. Had a wonderful time. Ate well. Kind of pricey, I thought at first. But inflation being the way it is, it's unfortunately the going prices for restaurants these days as far as their entrees. I had a, uh, what was called a, I forgot what it was now. Darn it. Oh, yeah, French onion burger. Like it was French onion soup. The boss had bought appetizers for the whole table. And just open up a tab for everybody. No more than 80 bucks. Change the location from what was going to be about a month and a half ago. But I digress. So this is all socializing at work events. Much like the foregoing. And one thing that's needed is flexibility about around when and how somebody would engage. So you'd have to clear that up with the boss here. I didn't have any trouble, thankfully. So no... Real thing to worry about there. In the future, though, we'll see what happens. So here, there you have it right there. That's what to ask for. And I might make this the cover art of this podcast episode. It'll really be handy dandy. So there you go right there. That's part two of autism in the workplace. I'll try and gauge Facebook reaction from certain groups. But given how things went last time, I may as well not even bother. All right, folks, hope you found the last two episodes informative. Before we wrap this one up, we got a couple of things that need to be done here. First up, pod shout-outs. GFA Live, formerly Greens from Allentown. A bit of a diversion for our two hosts, Peter Winston and Keith Langston. First up, they watched the WBC heavyweight title bout, or light heavyweight title bout, rather. The fight between Donnie Lalonde against Sugar Ray Leonard. According to Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth, this was also for the inaugural WBC Super Middleweight title. It also goes on, if you haven't watched the fight, I hate to spoil it for you, but the referee stopped about at two and a half minutes into the ninth round, and Leonard won it on TKO. Sorry to spoil it for you, but there you go. <laughs> you can find Peter and his podcast at GF Allentown on Twitter. The sportscaster, Steve Bennett, had... Buffalo News hockey journalist Mike Harrington, he's on the Sabres beat over there, as well as ESPN soccer analyst Gabriel Marcotti. Talking pucks in the beautiful game. You can follow Steve's podcast and Mr. Bennett himself at sports underscore casters on Twitter and on Instagram at the sportscasters. 24-inch podcast. Now, I don't know if this episode's going to drop. This is going to likely drop before... The 24-inch podcast episode I'm about to talk about will hit your fees if you subscribe to that. They're going to talk Hulk Hogan's angle against Dino Bravo, the late great. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at 24inchpod, the number 24, by the way, and on Instagram at 24 underscore inch underscore podcast. That's Steve Bennett and Dave Rollins. 
The Breaking Down Show, Pete A. Turner, his guest, Eric Rojo, considered the most interesting man in the world, with apologies and probably no insults given towards the guy who plays him on the Dosa Keys commercials. We're talking about all sorts of spy stuff, and Stuart Scholler and Matt Ho talking Ukraine and U.S. tension. So current events on the docket. You can follow Pete at Pete A. Turner. He's the host of the show, and his podcast is across all your social media at Break It Down Show. The Loyal Littles podcast, Chuck and Roxy had Rob Schneider. No, not that Rob Schneider. And Tom Mosser had a little gab fest with them. You can follow them on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod and Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And finally, and I certainly mean that, 1 in 44 from the Anderson Center for Autism in the Hudson Valley of New York. They talk with Dr. Helene Smith of Pound Ridge Cosmetic Dentistry down there in the lower Hudson Valley. It's like Rockland County, I think. I'm not sure. I've been down there in years. Anyway, you can follow the Anderson Center on Twitter at Anderson Autism and on Instagram at Anderson Center for Autism. As for this little dog and pony show, well, check out those other podcasts. Hopefully you'll like them. As for this show, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, you name it, we're on there. Well, we're on some of them. If said podcatcher does not have this podcast, what are you waiting for? It's a simple trick. All you got to do is copy the feed address from the show notes, paste it onto your podcatcher, and bingo, bango, bongo. New episodes come out whenever they come to you on the feed. Simple as that. Now, if your podcatcher has rating and or review capabilities, do yours truly a huge solid and write up a five-star review. And a good write-up, too. That also helps. Thanks in advance for all that. All right, folks. It's now time for one last thing. And for the last time for many months, we're talking football. But not just any football game. This is the 57th annual American football game of great importance. The Duel in the Desert, as it's also known, to me anyway. Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be going at it this Sunday. One will be the loser. The other will hoist the Lombardi Trophy for not the first time in their franchise's history. It's going to be a great game, and I'm going to try and do my best to break it down for you. So for the last time in a while, Maestro, hit the music, please. Okay, folks, let's just get right to it. The duel in the desert, Philadelphia Eagles, first 14-win regular season in franchise history, put a whooping on the Giants, locked the number one seed in the National Football Conference, NFC East, also division title there. We had Jalen Hurts. Now, both quarterbacks on the teams that are playing on Sunday, they've had to overcome injuries at some point during the season, and in the case of Pat Mahomes, he's the Chiefs quarterback. He had the busted up ankle. It didn't affect him too much, but there were times that he was hobbling down the field. Like, is he going to make it to the end of the game? Gee whiz. But that's not to say Jalen Hurts, who's the Eagles quarterback, and I think this is his, what, third season in the league? Second? I don't know, but he's a young quarterback, whereas Mahomes is already an established veteran. And he's had his shoulder problems. Well, he's overcome those. Philly uh, put a whooping on the 49ers. A uh, bit of an interesting brawl towards the end. But, you know, they came out on top. 
The Eagles have the edge in offensive weapons. You got Pat Mahomes, you got Tyreek Hill. Oh, wait, wait, no, Tyreek Hill's on Miami. Whoops. That's how long ago this was. But, you know, we got uh, Travis Kelsey and just a, and really not much else to speak of. Boy, Travis Kelsey's mom. <laughs> His brother's also going to be on the other team. Offensive lineman for the Eagles. And speaking of which, Philly has the edge in offensive weapons and, if I had to imagine, probably everything else. The defenses are very well matched, but the offenses are really going to have their shine. I checked the line last night. It's Philadelphia minus one and a half. So this is going to be a closer game, but I think it's going to be more of a blowout than people are giving it credit for. I hate to say it, especially the Giants fans, but shout out Bill Moen, Adam Parada, etc. All the Eagles fans out there. Why Eagles fly? I'm taking Philly minus one in the hook. That's my Super Bowl 57 pick right there. Oops, hope I don't get sued by the NFL. But anyway, let's wrap this up quickly. Thanks for listening to episode 176 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. I certainly thank you for the support. I hope everybody has a great holiday weekend. By holiday weekend, I mean Super Bowl weekend unofficially. You know, please be safe out there. Don't go too crazy with the booze and that. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you on the next one, whatever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Otis lives. This has been a Kitty Pod production, produced in Saratoga County, New York, shared with the world.